I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube and on your podcast platforms. Rate and review there as well. It'd be muchly appreciated. Is Kevin Durant going to be a Toronto Raptor? We know Otto Porter is. And to talk about all of that, Oren Weisfeld, who has more affiliates than fingers, I believe. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I uh, I watched SGA play for Team Canada for the first time last night. And I think I'm still a little high off that because it was a pretty beautiful sight to see. And it was nice to see SGA and Nick Nurse have a little camaraderie on the... <laughs> during post game um this is a raptors podcast overall it is and propaganda (laughs) is the name of the game and that's i mean i can't even like fathom the idea of sga on the raptors i was at um one of the when i saw you there too but at uh, one of the practices and there was a moment where the court had welcome and then shay was right beside it and i was going to take a photo of it but i couldn't get the angle right but i was just like wow wouldn't that be perfect welcome shay to the Toronto yeah. Raptors. I could imagine yeah. it because I've had many sleepless nights thinking about it. But anyways, that's that's my <laughs> issue. Sleepless nights in a good way where you're just you're giddy. You're like, oh, this would be so much fun. Yes. Also would be fun. All right, so just w- we'll start with KD um, and then we'll get to Otto because he was a, a terrific signing, a person that I had actually said on a previous podcast. I'm like, they're not going to get Otto Porter, but he'd be amazing. I was putting him in that criteria of players that they're not going to get him, but it would be cool. But here he is. He's going to be a Toronto Raptor for at least one season. Thank you to his wife, who is from Toronto and I believe had a massive impact on him becoming a Toronto Raptor for at least one season. Anyways, Kevin Durant, I'm going to ask you very, very directly on this. Would you trade Scotty Barnes in some capacity for Kevin Durant? Or which side are you on that? Man, that's a mean way to start off. Um, I, I think <laughs> I I think I would. Um, wow. But there's a lot of context to this. First of all, if I was to trade Scotty Barnes for Katie, I'm not trading Scotty and OG and four picks or something like that. Like yeah. if it's Scotty, it's a deal based around Scotty Trent to make the money work. Maybe Birch is expiring and like not maybe a pick, but like not much else. And mm. I mean, obviously it's going to be tough for Raptors fans to hear this. I'll also say that. Okay. I'll, I'll say it's going to be tough for Raptors fans to like hear that Scotty could be on the table for KD. And I don't actually it's, think you know, they would do it. It's tough for me to hear you say that actually, to be honest. I know, <laughs> but here's the thing, right? It is four years of Kevin Durant. And that's what's getting lost in all this is people will say, well, in two years, he'll just request a trade. Well, he's at the tail end of his prime and he's a basketball junkie who's not just going to sit out a year because he's a little frustrated. Like even if Brooklyn doesn't trade him, I guarantee he's going to play next year. So four years of a top 10 player of all time. And I love Scotty and he could be really great. But I mean, if you're trying to win a championship, what gives you the best odds of doing it 
it's getting KD. If you're just trying to watch enjoyable basketball and watch guys grow together and have good vibes, mm. it's Scotty Barnes for sure. But, but, uh, I think I would do it if push came to shove and there wasn't that much else involved, but I would feel bad about it. Damn, man. There might be some people want to push you right now for saying something like that. I, I yeah. honestly, I can't even do it. I can't even, I can't put Scotty Barnes on the table just because I mean, Katie, if this was five years ago, then this is a whole different story, but he's 34 years old. The age is a bit of a factor. I think he's going to age very, very well. Like think Dirk Nowitzki. He just has that game and he's rangy. He's, he, he's tough. He will plays through injuries. I think he was actually injured for most of this season. So when people were doubting his play in the Celtics, in that Celtic series, like, I don't think that was himself. Yeah. Um, he is still one of, if maybe you could argue he is the best player in the NBA right now. You could make that argument. How long is he going to be at that level is what I, I wonder. Um, I mean, we see what LeBron James is doing at his at this point of his career. And I could see, I mean, again, Kevin Durant being that guy too. I just think like you don't, we're seeing what Scotty Barnes is right now. And I think he has potential to be, you know, at that level, like in terms of being a top five player at some point in the NBA for a very long time. And he is yours. He is your guy. And the idea of getting, getting rid of him, like, I think if Scotty Barnes were on the table, I think it would probably be, as you said, um, I don't see OG and Nobi being involved. I don't see Pascal Siakam being involved. Like that is the prize possession in the trade. It is Scotty Barnes and it probably be, it's going to be a flurry of picks anyways. I mean, if Rudy Gobert was five first, imagine what Kevin Durant's going to be. It's going to be a lot of picks involved in this trade. And if it's the Raptors involved, if it's a three team trade, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be getting a lot of picks. We know yeah. this, but uh Scotty, I, I just I can't I can't lose him. He is I think he is he's uncharted territory with what he could become. We don't know. Yeah. And that's a fair take. And I, I kind of have been going back and forth about it. I don't feel yeah. good about Scotty at all. And I'll <laughs> say this too: like if there's any other way the Raptors can get Katie, I would mm. absolutely explore those ways. Like whether it's a package based around OG Trent and a lot of picks and a lot of pick swaps, that's for me the ideal package. But yeah. I also would would prefer to trade Pascal than Scotty. And a lot of people say, well, what's the point of trading Pascal if you're not going to have a, a, a secondary option beside KD if you do that? Well, I think the same people who say that are the ones who don't want to trade Scotty because they're so high on him. So if you believe that, then you believe mm. Scotty is going to grow into this secondary role within yeah. the next two, three years. So I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Like I would much prefer to trade Pascal than Scotty and kind of just let those guys build it. Because again, you have four years of KD. It doesn't have to be the first year that you win it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scotty is like the last case scenario, but I think like if push came to shove, I probably would do it, but I don't feel yeah. good about saying that. Yeah. And with everything with the trade like this, because the Raptors have so many up and coming coveted players who are, you could just see that they're not players that you're saying they could be good. No, they're going to be good. Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a good player in the NBA. He has his flaws, but I mean, he's also like what, 22, 23, he's going to get much better and he's going to find his role. And he's already, you know, arguably a 20 points per game score on a different team. Right, just because he already has that pedigree. Precious Achua is again uncharted territory. What's he going to be? What's his ceiling? Couldn't tell you because it's he's that impressive already at this point in his NBA career. And also, I mean, OG is similar, similar. You just don't know what they're going to become. And so, um, 
I would imagine that any trade that the Raptors do make, they're going to be keeping this in mind. They want to keep their, you know, if they're entering championship mode. And so now you're trying to build pieces around Kevin Durant and whoever's going to be still on the team. And so you have to factor that in. And also should keep in mind that if this trade were to happen in any way, there will be other players interested in becoming Toronto Raptors, like the veteran minimum, like those are going to be used and you're going to find some players for cheap. They're going to be able to enter your rotation and you're going to have a pretty solid top eight in whatever way it's going to be. So I don't, again, I don't like the idea of trading Scotty. I'm not even sure if I really, really think the Raptors should make a trade for Kevin Durant, to be honest with you, because it just seems kind of anti Raptors. Like when they made the Kawhi Leonard trade, it made sense. They had a team built around, they were in championship mode, right? Like they were trying to win a championship right now. They're in year two, entering year two of this new plan. And it's, there's not many people in the NBA who aren't going to say that Toronto's cooking something really, really good. That's going to be sustainable for a very long time. You, you make the trade for Kevin Durant, four years are going to be good, but you could also just like opt out of that. And like, I think most people would say, I mean, I've made jokes about the Raptors winning a championship next season, just for the hell of it. But I think 2023, 2024 is a year where just like, okay, this is the beginning of their window to be like true championship contenders after one more season of seasoning and developing for a few of their main players. So like, what's the point of doing this? You're a season away from already entering that window. And then again, you can make the trades like the Celtics are doing for Malcolm Brogdon, right? Because then you're going to be entering that phase of your plan. And you can make those big swings. And so they could be very, very good already after like next season. So do you do this? I mean, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in NBA history. He's going to be a content producer off the court. He's going to be an amazing personality for Toronto. And just the idea of Toronto having a player of that caliber, just like with Kawhi, right? But there was always that like in the back of your mind, like he could leave. we got to impress him. Uh, people are like shelling out, you know, restaurant coupons for him and stuff like that. Like there was always that possibility that he could go. And then he did. Kevin Durant's going to be here for a long time. And I just... It's really, really tough to to make come to terms with this. I'm just like going back and forth. I'm watch, I'm watching yeah. betting odds all the time because I'm curious I'm, what. And they're always very smart. They're on top of it. And the Raptors right now, last time I checked, they're the third in the pecking order. Yeah. yeah, I'll just finish by saying like this. I think the Raptors are uh, a big trade away from being championship contenders. But I think you made a good point. Like that trade should probably come a year from now because yeah. if you bring in a KD right now. And say you do it for Pascal, are Stoddy and Precious and those guys, are they really ready to compete for a championship with mm. KD next season? I don't think so. I think they need another season to learn the playoff game and, and like what it really takes to win at the highest level. So I do think it's going to take a trade. I think it makes a lot of sense that the Raptors are calling. I, I think we've seen the blueprint that the like free agency is not it. They they build yeah. their teams around trades or at least the final pieces. So I think that trade is coming, but I think ideally you can do it for a picks based package rather than a mm. Scotty Barnes based package. Yeah. And I mean, the Nets, like they're looking to restock their draft picks going forward because everything is owned by the Houston Rockets and they're just loving all of this, the mess that the broken Nets are in. Um, they know that their draft picks are going to keep on getting better and better as the years go on, but obviously the Nets are trying to avoid that. Also, side note, like I saw so many Raptor fans just like freaking out, like, oh my God, the Boston Celtics got Malcolm Brogdon. Like, yes, they're going to do stuff like that because their championship window is now. They are trying to win a championship. The Raptors are not, I mean, 
We'll see what happens. But as far as I know, at this very second, as we do this podcast, they are not trying to win a championship because they haven't made a move for Kevin Durant. They don't have that team. They are in a season two of a development development plan. So they're not going to make a move or a big swing for Malcolm Brogdon. There's no point. You're just adding on, you know, salary for no reason. And you're taking away reps from some of your core players that need the seasoning to get better. So they are ready to be a championship caliber rotation piece next season. So relax. Okay. The Celtics can do whatever they want. I mean, it is what it is. Let them do their thing. The Raptors will do their thing. However, if they get Kevin Durant, all bets are off and it's time to go win a, a championship. <laughs> What if, what if the Raptors are, what if they're involved in a three-team trade capacity, as in like, because they do have all these players and picks um, at their disposal. And so perhaps they're using this to get somebody else, right? The Phoenix Suns are the odds on favorite to get, get Kevin Durant. He is, <clears throat> that's the team that it seems like he wants to go to. So, but in the trade package from the Phoenix Suns, you could argue isn't perfect. It could be better. What if the Raptors are the team that are helping with that and then on the other side, they're getting some kind of piece. Maybe it's a DeAndre Ayton. I really don't know. But maybe yeah. that's how they're involved. Yeah, we talked about Ayton, and I like him uh, yeah. for the Raptors. And that yeah. that makes sense to me in terms of them getting in on a deal like that because Ayton can't go to Brooklyn, I think, because the Ben Simmons weird thing. Um, so that makes yeah, sense. There's yeah, also yeah. Seth Curry, right? Seth Curry mm. would be a great fit on the Raptors if you could somehow pull him out of Brooklyn, depending yeah. on which direction they go in. Um, but yeah, like back to back to what you were saying about the Raptors kind of having a little time left here. I think they do want to build something that's sustainable. And that kind of goes what I against what I said about trading Scotty is like they they have the young guys like the Scotties and then they have the Fred and the Pascal and they kind of want to be able to win now, but still sustain some, some good players to win in the future. And that's more likely than not the way they're going to go and, and keep Scotty Barnes. And yeah, we'll see if they can get a a guy like Katie without giving up Scotty. And they added another great piece, Otto Porter Jr. um, Someone that, it has just won a championship. He is an instant fan. I'll let you go through it. And you also wrote an article for, for Yahoo Sports Canada um, outlining why he's such a great fit. But I found it interesting that the last time he was in the playoffs before this championship year was 2018 against the Toronto Raptors when they won in six. Isn't that funny? Mm. Anyways, um, it was a two-year contract. He's got a player option in the second year. He turned down a minimum offer from Golden State Warriors. And uh, here he is, he's gonna make some more money with the Raptors. We don't know the contract details yet, which I find is very strange. We don't know how much money he's making, which is also making you think that maybe there's something else going on, other deals happening, I don't know. But anyways, Autoporo Jr. on the Raptors, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, a couple of funny things. I mean, Raptors fans will remember Autoporo Jr. from the Wizards sweeping the Raptors in 2015 and Otto Porter Jr. locking up DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> um, he was kind of the guy alongside Bradley Beal who was supposed to make that team really good. And then he ran into like a bunch of injury concerns, especially in his back, which yeah. is never a good thing. And that's that's why like the Raptors are, I think, his fifth team in six seasons. So he's really bounced around the league recently. But then he obviously rehabbed his value with the Warriors last season, even like slotting into their starting lineup in the last three games of the finals, just because they downsized and they wanted more shooting. I think he shot nine for 16 from three in the finals. So like, 
Yeah. This is why I like the fit is that he's just, I'm like you where I, I was like, yeah, we're not getting out of border junior. He's just going to resign with the warriors. I just kind of assume that and assume that the Raptors weren't going to be able to get a player like him. Yeah. But considering how the first like 15 hours of free agency went, all the big names, it seemed like were off the board. And then you think about the Raptors history in free agency and you're like, oh, God, they struck out again. And then they pull off Porter. That's like <laughs> that was a big win, I think, for the Raptors, because yeah. he's ready to play right now. He's a vet. He just won a championship and he addresses their biggest need, which is shooting. And like I can mm-hmm. give some stats if you want in terms of the shooting. Oh, please. Dude, I got some, too. Go ahead. We'll, uh, we'll, let's let's pump the tires. Okay. Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> Sweet. So. Pretty much he's a 40% three-point shooter over his career, mm-hmm. which nine-season career, which is the highest of any Raptor. And then I found this interesting because, like, the Raptors have a number of guys who can knock down the corner three, Pascal, Thad Young, but aren't as good above-the-break operators. And that yeah. really forces guys like OG and Gary Trent into playing that role, weak side spot-up shooting role. Mm-hmm. But Porter is a really good above-the-break shooter, shot 38% or better on above the break threes in each of his last four seasons. Yeah. So what that, what that does is a, it opens up more room for guys like Pascal and, and Fred to operate with in the paint and B, I, th- I think it'll be good for OG and because he now doesn't always have to play this role where he's spotting up on the weak side. Mm. Otto can do that a little bit and OG can maybe be more involved in the primary actions. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot to like. Yeah, and uh, some other stats, uh, 42% on corner threes in five of his last six seasons. I outlined that you had mentioned, too, that the Raptors are decent from there, and I believe they were fifth in the NBA um, on corner three-point shooting. It's just it's it's adding to um, what Nick Nurse wants. He, he wants that ability to hit shots from that side of the court, from both sides, and it's a significant part of today's NBA to be able to hit shots from those spots. And as you said, it's going to make things a lot easier for OG and Anobi to be um, more of a facility and more of a primary option in the offense. And he shot 40% on catch and shoot threes in, in the playoffs. Um, you mentioned how well he was, how well he did against for, for the Warriors there. And you can just see that uh, he's able to hit some shots uh, pretty you know, off, the, off movement, off pick and rolls. Um, in Spain, pick and rolls, he can leak out and hit, hit shots. Like they, Raptors really don't have a lot of guys that can do it um, as efficiently as Otto Porter Jr. And then you look at his seven foot wingspan, you can, you can reliably switch him on to most people. He's got, you know, pretty quick feet for a guy, his size. And I just think that he is going to be a really, really smart player when it comes to the Raptors, like quick action basketball, like make that next read cut to cut to the basket and rebounding. My goodness, the Raptors need defensive rebounding. They were the worst in the NBA this past year and Otto Porter Jr. will help Mm. there. No question. And I just like the idea of more flexibility for the Raptors because you could, you can really slot him in your starting starting lineup uh, when injuries happen and you feel pretty confident about it. And, you know, off the bench, if you need him to even be something of a, of a ball handler in transition, like he can do that and he's going to make good decisions similar to it that young, except, you know, Otto is a little bit more athletic than, than that is. So there's mm-hmm. like, a, there's a lot to like about what he's going to be bringing. And I could see him like Nick nurse is going to love him. He's going to be taking some minutes from, <laughs> from a few players that are coming off the bench, but a few, young, few young guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you brought up uh, young and I think this is where it gets really fun. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And is like, you now have this trio who are going to come off the bench, Young, Boucher, and Porter. And I think they complement each other really, really well because Young mm. is kind of that connector who just knows how to find guys. Porter yeah. is that spot up option. And then Boucher is that rim runner, athletic mm-hmm. guy who's going to finish around the rim. And so I think, and Porter moves the ball well enough as well. So I think like those three is just a really funky, huge combo to come off yeah. the bench and really, really you're, they're going to play the two, three, four in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. And they just complement each other. So yeah, well, where young is going to connect and the other two are going to finish. And it's funny because a Warriors fan, I put that group out there on Twitter and a Warriors fan was like, yelling at me like this guy played small ball five for the warriors now he's gonna play the two for the raptors and i'm like yeah like that's how big the raptors are he is gonna play the two for the raptors and it's gonna work i think yeah. you know yeah and i mean i was on the the boat that the raptors gotta gotta find some sort of guard <clears throat> some sort of shooting guard because it would help with a few cases it would help with um obviously shooting they could use some um, more ball handling in cases where you know fred isn't around or scotty or pascal whatever happens like you just need a bit more ball handling and we don't know what's gonna be happening with malachi flynn or donald banton or really like a lot of these guys so it's more stability back there but auto I mean, Nick likes to get funky with it. He could probably realize that, hey, um, he can play a small ball five. He can handle the ball a little bit. Um, he could use him in a lot of different actions and he's going to make good decisions. And so Otto, I mean, he could have like a pretty significant role with the Raptors and with the salary that the Raptors have added, we'll get to that in, in Boucher in a second, but with bringing those two back, now you add Otto Porter Jr., it does kind of feel like something could be cooking because this is, it's a lot of same size players. And I think that's the plan, but you also have a lot of, a lot of cooks. I put it that way, a lot of cooks off the bench. And I would think that, you know, a person like Chris, who's making, you know, a pretty healthy salary himself is going to probably want, you know, he should be getting 25 minutes or so Thad, maybe it's 20 
Otto Porter Jr., he averaged around you know, 14 or something like that for the Warriors, but I would imagine it's going to be a lot higher with the Raptors. And then I he, think it was 22 in the regular season. Sorry, yes, yes. But in the playoffs, it was like yeah. 14-ish. Yeah. Um, and then you got Precious. Is he going to start? Is he not going to start? Whoever doesn't start between him and Gary Trent Jr., assuming he is there, um, that player is also going to command, you know, 25-ish. That's a lot of minutes that we're just talking about. Maybe the plan is that let's get deeper so, to, so our starters can play, you know, 32 instead of the normal 37. But also Nick Nurse likes to play his starters heavy minutes. He's like, these are my best players. Why wouldn't I play them more? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's definitely going to be a crunch, but I think that's a good thing because it just incentivizes yeah. like competition where these guys are going to have to outplay each other. Like yeah. it doesn't matter to the Raptors that Chris Boucher is making $12 million now. If he's yeah. not playing better than Otto Porter, he's not going to get more minutes than Otto Porter. So yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty healthy thing. And, and the biggest thing is that we saw is that like injuries run rampant in the NBA these days. And so the depth really helps when you have these injuries piling up. And, and like you said, a guy like Porter can just pretty nicely slot into the starting lineup and and you can go from, from there. So I'm not too worried about that stuff. You you can play two, three, four, five, two (laughs) wild, wild stuff. All right. So that's the auto Porter junior story. Let's talk a little bit about that. And and Chris, um, them re-signing, um, I had the numbers here a second ago. Uh, I got to find them. But anyways, I wanted to ask you, Warren, do you know how many teams Thad Young has played for in his NBA career? And if so, can you name them? Please. No, I can't. No. <laughs> um, Brooklyn, Philly, Toronto, good. Um, good, Chicago, good. San good. Antonio. Good. Um, oh, two more. Two more. Yeah. Indiana? Yes. And oh, oh, you're so close. It's Minnesota. That's funny. Yeah. That came to my mind, but then I was like, no. But yeah. okay. <laughs> so yeah. Daddy Daddy is gonna be staying with the Raptors. And I don't know if you were surprised by the by the decision. Were you surprised that he's staying? Because to me, it was like a foregone conclusion, kind of, for a few reasons, but I'll let you start with Thad. No, I mean it would have kind of been a disaster if they didn't re-sign him, just because mm. the whole point of getting him at the deadline was to have his bird rights. Yeah. And either use him in a trade or re-sign him. <clears throat> so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I wasn't really surprised by any of this um the second year makes sense for from his perspective this is probably his last payday and the second year you can quibble with if you're a raptors fan but even if he's not playing by then which i think like he's going to be pretty old he might not be he's they brought him in and they've been pretty open about this they Mm. brought him in as a locker room guy like that's a big part of why they brought him in so even if the second year he's just a, a locker room guy and a leader that's okay like that's fine. Yeah. Last season they were paying Chris Boucher and Thad Young 20 $21 million. And this season, or next two seasons at least, um, it'll be 19.75. So some pretty tidy business. I thought that in the end they were kind of gonna switch contracts because Thad was making a pretty healthy amount for someone his age, and then Chris was probably underpaid. And so now they kind of just made a little switch. And yeah. uh yeah, I mean, I was looking at um, some of the quotes from from Thad during his end of season and the way he was like 
talking up the Raptors franchise. I'm like, man, this guy is definitely coming back. <laughs> and as you said, you don't trade for a guy's bird rights and then just let him go. Um, they've been covering, you know, someone like him or actually him uh, for quite some time now. And he outlined that um, during his first availability with the Raptors saying that, you know, I understand that they've had their eyes on me for quite some time. And uh, it would just be silly if he didn't come back. And he's a great locker room person. I think he's helped Precious a lot. He's helped Chris a lot. Both of them have mentioned how helpful he's been. Um, and uh, just more veteran presence is never a bad thing. I think the Raptors now, I mean, they got some championship experience and uh, Fred and Pascal, two guys who played like, you know, pretty hefty roles in the 2019 champ- championship, but they're also in different roles now. You know, they're you know, more primary options and they're going to be expected to produce um, at a high level. And so this is kind of uncharted territory for both of them. And it's good to have players like Thad and Otto who have been, who are kind of stars in their roles. And it's going to help a lot of the bench players. And even just like seeing what Precious and Chris did um, against the 76ers, the way they made little building blocks throughout the series to a point where Chris was, you know, 25 and 10 in game six, they lost. But he even said, you know, during a hustle play episode, he's like, yeah, we were shook in game one. Like we were shook in Philly. But they learned, they win game five, and then he just continued to get better and precious too. He's going to, and his ceiling is ridiculous. I don't even know how good he's going to be. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go on a little rant about oh, please. Uh, p- people on Twitter who criticize the Raptors front office about the Thad Young trade. Because I saw a lot of this around draft time. Like, yeah. oh my God, they let, they let we could have got this guy instead of Coloco on draft night if they didn't trade for Thad Young. Like, First of all, how much people still criticize the Raptors front office baffles me, <laughs> given all the good they've done. Yeah. But second of all, like the Thad Young piece of business was a really nice piece of business in hindsight, mm. because whether or not you believe Bobby Webster about Coloco being in their top 20, like you don't have to believe that. We'll see what happens with Coloco. But they moved down a bit to get a similar player in the draft. Regardless, they re-sign Young. Young, And I think the biggest thing is that you're going to really see Young's value this season because last season he was forced into a role where he was a bit of a spot up guy. I think Porter is really going to help him play his natural role off the bench, which is the connector role. And so I think like now that they bring in Porter compliments that really, really well, they still get the draft pick that they they ultimately wanted more or less. Mm-hmm. And they bring back that on a reasonable deal. He's a trade chip. If you want, like that's a really nice piece of business and like falling 10 spots in the draft is not something you can even quibble with. Like I'm tired of seeing that. argument. <clears throat> yeah. So, especially yeah. like, I mean, I did my fair share of like looking at mock drafts and whatever, and it truly was a crapshoot. Like no one knew where anyone was going to go after 20. And as Bobby said, he's like, I don't think there's that much of a difference between 20 and 33. And guess what? He was kind of right. And also they got the guy that they wanted. They said that, you know, they thought Coloco was between the 20 and 25 range in terms of talent. And so there were some players that did go off the board. I believe he said, you know, right before Coloco, I think it may have been a Peyton Watson. I think they had some interest in him, but in the end they got Coloco. And I think anyone who's been watching you know, look at his game and you can see how he could at some point, I mean, at the very least, he's going to be a great defensive pick, but there is upside for him to be more than that. And I think the Raptors, if they can, you know, find a way, which they've done with many other players to help him develop his offensive game, maybe it's a season in the G League, whatever, 
they're going to do it. And I would be highly surprised if Christian Coloco isn't um, a much better offensive player after a few seasons. And so he fills a need. Um, they needed, you know, some more size. They needed a seven foot rim protector. Well, there he is. Right. And he's, yeah. he's going to be developing and who knows what he's going to look like next season. Yeah. I'm excited to watch him, but it's just, just going back to that. People say like, well, they yeah. lost in the first round of the playoffs. Did you really need to bring him in? But yeah, I think it's unfair to judge a guy who had mm-hmm. to adapt midway through a season to a completely new, weird system. Yeah. Give Thad an off season, give him Otto Porter off the bench and like, let's see what he does this season. Cause I'm pretty excited. Yeah. And also let's not forget that Thad hurt himself in that series. And it was, he hurt his shooting hand, yeah. his shooting hand, the hand he shoots with shoots with was hurt. I mean, what more do you want? Like it hurt, it hampered him at Gary Trent. I mean, that whole series was a crap shoot. Honestly, Fred wasn't right. Gary Trent Jr. was like sick for three, three games, whatever. Moving on. It is what it is. Chris Boucher. Okay. Um, yeah. You, you're good with the, the price. I'm good with it. Like there's definitely yeah. some risk involved um, because Boucher couldn't really play the first half of last season. And so, you know, he's been up and down in his career. That's the reality. But if you sure. are someone who believes that he turned a corner last season and this is just who he is now, then that's really good value if, if this is who he's going to be now. Like, mm-hmm. I I hope that this is who he is going to be now and he's not going to keep being that up and down player that he kind of was prior. Yeah. Um, because if he is, then it's a little it's a little rich. But at the same time, it's not like it's 10 million, 12 million. It's not a crazy deal at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy. They needed to bring him back for sure. Just he, he fits exactly what they are. I'd say like no better player mm-hmm. emblemizes what the Raptors are trying to do than Chris Boucher, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. it's a good deal. It's fine. Again, off of hustle play in that last episode where we were talking to him like afterwards and every indication I got from him is that he wanted to return. Um, he didn't like say it outright, but you just kind of heard like through his through his approach, the way he was going to be approaching free agency. And he was kind of talking, he's like, you know, familiarity is important to me. I want to be comfortable. Um, I, you know, my family is like, is really important to me. I want to make sure that they're comfortable and wherever we're going to be going. He's like, and also I want to win. I'm like, well, I mean... I, I don't know if more money was on the table for him, but he also doesn't seem like a very money hungry person. Like he's pretty, he's probably like good with, you know, making $12 million a year or whatever the number is. So mm-hmm. I had a strong feeling he was going to be back. And there was just like the possibility that some team would just offer him. We got John Hollander saying he could command, you know, $19 million a year. I was like, holy, seriously. Yeah. But uh, hey, the deal happened very, very quickly. I love seeing those deals that happen the moment <laughs> free agency starts. You know, like you sign the, the sign on the dotted line. Um, it was a. It seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to return. He's working out in the Raptors facility too. Which yeah, exactly. We saw yeah. him at like three o'clock that day. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, this feels like he's probably coming <laughs> back. Probably going to be back. So as the Raptors are at this moment. They got 12 players on guaranteed deals, partially guaranteed. You got uh, Delano Banton and you got Armani Brooks, unsigned Christian Coloco, Justin Champagny, and you got David Johnson. And then on a two-way, you got Ron Harper Jr. So some decisions are going to have to be made because you got unsigned those three dudes. You only got three spots available. um, And you also have to do some work around Delano Banton and Armani Brooks. Things are probably going to be changing, but I also feel like the Raptors are not done with their movement. 
How do you feel about the roster though, as it is? Good. Like back to what I was saying about the Thad Young piece of business. I think they've really improved their depth just with Thad and, and Porter compared to yeah. last season. Those are two guys that enter this season, probably eighth and ninth men and, and you feel good about it. And then with the rest of the roster spots, I think that the Raptors will and should prioritize keeping the guys that they've kind of already put a lot of resources into developing. Mm -hmm. So like Banton to me is a guarantee to be back. I think they're really high on him and he killed it in the nine Oh five. Like guys don't kill it in the nine Oh five who are not good. Like that's a good league. So yes, Banton will be back. (laughs) Yeah. The name nobody is mentioning first. I'll say Justin Champagny. I think they'll bring back. Um, I don't know. Armani Brooks, I, I I don't know how that's gonna go because mm. there's it, there's a roster crunch for sure. Coloco is obviously gonna get a deal, and I doubt it'll be a two way deal. Yeah, the name no one is mentioning is Utah Watanabe, who I'm still high on. I still have not given up on, oh, and bro. Bro. he should still be a reasonable. He should not be too expensive. Um, personally, I would like to keep Utah if it come down to Utah and Armani Brooks. Like, I still believe in Utah. I don't know what to say. I mean, as weird as it may seem, I think the Raptors have enough six, eight, six, nine players now, especially after they added Otto Porter Jr. Maybe that's just my take. I yeah. uh, I feel like there's, uh, with these last few spots, I think they have to prioritize their future. And Utah, I mean, he's a great person, great personality. He definitely is an NBA player. I just don't think the fits on the Toronto Raptors. You got to bring, yeah. you got to bring back Champagne. Delano Banton has to be a, has to be given a guaranteed contract. Christian Coloco, that's 15 right there. And then after that, I mean, we'll have to see what the Raptors do in free agency. I'm still like, I'm, I'm very curious what the Jalen Harris Raptors situation is. I mean, it's a name that we haven't heard of too much. He's playing in Scarborough for some reason. All right, we know. I watched the game last night. He's uh, he's too good for that league. Yeah. So, and he also, if I talk about you know shooting guards, ball handling, downhill penetration, yeah, there's some upside there. Um, again, they've obviously had a conversation, and I just I find a little bit strange that he's (laughs) playing in Scarborough when he was a Raptor. He got taken out of the NBA, and now he's back. At the very least, he's going to be in training camp, I would imagine. And from there, I mean, it's a prove a moment for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did kind of prove him. Maybe it's just me. Because, but, again, he fills a need. Like, Utah doesn't really fill the yeah. need. But Jalen Harris, he could potentially help. Maybe not this year. And also, he's going to be very cheap. I mean, he could be a two-way guy, right? He could like, be, yes. He could I, join Ron Harper. He has yep. to earn. He, yes. like, what you can yep. say whatever. But he did something against the NBA rules like he has to earn re-earn his spot sure. with the team so i think he might be amendable to taking a two-way whereas obviously utah is yeah. he's a guaranteed guy mm-hmm. for sure oh, lots somewhere of somewhere yeah. somewhere yeah hey, man he'll find a home. no he'll i think you uh, you you made a good point there's probably not room for him on this team but i will be sad when he goes and succeeds mm-hmm. with another team because i totally think he will hey i mean he wouldn't be the first right to leave the rappers and succeed gary payton jr Mm-hmm. That's O'Shea unfortunate. Oh, Shaper set. Was he just cut by the Pacers? No, no, no. I, thought, I no. saw someone. They picked up that. his deal. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then forget. Forget. I just said that. Yeah, there's a rich history of players who leave. That just means that the Raptors have a way of finding a lot of good players, and you can't keep all of them because we're talking about right now. They only have 15 spots, and someone is going to be leaving who's going to be a good player. 
It is what it is. Oren, um, working on anything coming up? Am I aware? Well, I'll have I'll have some global jam content uh, nice. all over the place. Uh, Complex, Yahoo, Sportsnet. Um, I just want to say before I go, though, that I feel icky about what I said about Scotty Barnes and I hope <laughs> Raptors fans will forgive me. Uh, trading Scotty for KD is literally trading good for evil. So I, I don't feel good about it. Um, but you put me on the spot and I had to make a decision. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. It was. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that to you. Leave him alone, people. OK. Leave no, like I was saying before the podcast started, Katie would just be so good for our our work life, the yeah. content, the talking to Katie after every game. That that would just be so good. It's hard. It's hard. I'm I'm a little bit biased here. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I hear you. I, I, I put you on the spot a little bit. So let him be, people. All right, everyone. Have yourself a good uh, holiday weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. 